Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast. Once again, off the heels of a shocking defeat, we will get into the footy in just a moment. Honey Badger 35 here. We've got Miguel Sanchez. We've got sort of shout out, I suppose, is almost the wrong phrase. But just if you haven't seen this story today, Ashley Sampy passed along today that he has been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. He's doing some charity work for it. He's doing a run for it uh, for for fundraising. So obviously a shocking story there and a guy that a, a whole generation of Eagles fans that have a lot of great memories of. So it's on our Facebook page. He shared it through Facebook. You can find it on Big Footy. We've shared it on Twitter all over the all over the place. But... He is doing some fundraising for MS, is Ashley Sampy. So uh, read up on his situation, maybe chuck a few bucks in as well. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. Obviously, look, guys, as I said, it does put it into perspective, but this is a footy podcast. So we are going to talk about the footy and move things along. Unfortunately, uh, Migs, it's on the heels of yet another shocking defeat. <laughs> so West Coast Eagles, 8 8 56. We're defeated by Richmond, 25-15, 109 points. Shocking Friday. Another fantastic Friday effort from the West Coast Eagles. Uh, it snowballed really quickly. We said pre-show, I think it was one goal apiece at one point. Stranatica kicked his first, which was nice. We were pretty light on for nice moments after that. Yeah. Um, I had the uh, had AFL tables out at the end of the game looking sort of where it was going to fall in the um, in the worst losses of all time. I mm-hmm. think it ended up sixth, was it? Sixth, our sure. sixth worst loss of all time. Um, I believe second you. Worst, second worst ever at home um, behind that the famous game where um, Bomber Thompson was uh, tucking into a chicken palmy in the coach's box. <laughs> Eating a sandwich, yeah. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And we were talking before we came on about the positive signs that we saw in the first 10 minutes of the game where the club, uh, the, the guys were sort of looking to move the ball differently and look, they were um, looking to go into the corridor and they were running around behind to get the handball. And you could see there was, you know, attempts and, and efforts there with the ball movement, yeah. but they just, they didn't come off more often than not. And Richmond just killed us on the turnover. Uh, and, um, it was just an absolute um, sort of waltzing into goal. I don't know how many inside 50s uh, Richmond had, but they had 25 goals by the end of the night. Um, well, Tom Lynch kicked 7-5. I don't know how many he put out yeah. on the full and missed, fell short, whatever, but he could have he had 10. And, yeah. I mean, what I'm about to say is an oxymoron, I understand, but probably the worst seven-goal game I've ever seen because I don't think he <laughs> worked. He, he kicked one really nicely from 50. I'll give him that. The rest were the most routine goals that you could yeah. – Pick any poster off Big Footy, and I would really hope that they'd convert them. Um, <laughs> he he got a bit of charity, I think. Didn't want to get stuck wow. in the umpires, but they they were terrible. 
Um, oh, yeah, but I mean, 109 points, though. Like, yeah, no, that, that probably, no. didn't, probably didn't cost us the game. Um, One or two frees away. Yeah, we gave we gave up a lot of goals. Um, it wasn't Lynch. I think it was Prestia that Nash just gave the ball to and let him oh, kick, my God, yep. kick up over his head. Um, yeah, Nash had a few goal assists for his old side. Um, yeah, pretty yeah, average. He's been really a nice find for free, but a pretty uh, disappointing night for Nash, for sure. Yeah, shocking, I think. Um, they played him down back in the first half, and uh, yeah, I don't think they'll be doing that again. No. Um, and I was commenting during the game, I was following the, the Telstra tracker, and our numbers were just terrible. Every time, every um, end of every quarter, the kilometres that recovered, we were getting smashed. The sprint efforts, we had barely any, you know, just getting smashed. Mm. And it, I don't know how much of that is affected by COVID, you know, guys coming off COVID and they, they just can't run as hard, but it's... It's just endemic at the moment. Um, we're just not yeah. working. As soon as we turn the ball over, everyone just goes bang. Uh, the opposition goes bang. We've got no one to chase. Um, uh, the ball movement was getting stifled as you move up the ground because no one's sort of – guys are running behind to get the kick and try to sort of change direction, but then there's no movement up up the ground to um, you know, be the next one in the line. It's It was really abysmal watching, and uh, we've probably got more to come. Brilliant. That's all right. We just play the top two sides in footy in the next couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah. Um, look, Key, sort of getting into the positives or at least the signs, and this is clutching at straws territory here. As Mig said, the first 10, 15 minutes, there was a concerted effort to go in the corridor, to have runners coming through behind the mark. We kicked it out to the left in the opening minutes, if you can even believe such a thing. Uh, they clearly know, and we'll circle back around because, Keys, we've been talking about uh, a few interviews that people from the club have been doing. So we'll, we'll circle back to that pretty soon. But they clearly know a change is needed. I think they're starting to embrace it and they're starting to acknowledge it. Um, look, the Kennedy 700th goal, amazing. It's horrible that I had to come on such a bad night. But four goals on the day, he's still got it. The ball just finds him sometimes in pack mark situations. So awesome to see that. You know, beyond that, the only other positives I can sort of see is at times in the midfield, we had O'Neill, Clark. West, that you know, that was our midfield setup with maybe Kelly thrown in there as well. Dixon and Stranatica in the ruck. There's something going on there where they're at least trying to get some of the other guys involved. You know, Petrescu tried in the mid, then eventually finished the game trying him off half back, which Simo I think liked. It's not for me, but Simo seems to like it. Now, with all that said, Keys, we acknowledge that's what needed to be done, but evidently it wasn't working and it didn't work, and we're pretty much in the same spot we were last week, only with somehow an even worse percentage. Yeah, I just I, the the final score. I mean, Richmond obviously took their chances, the ones and the ones they earned, the ones we gave them. Mm. Um, we gave I them think, a lot. I, I think there's the problem with it. Once the losses start piling up and you start doing, the players lose confidence, um, and you know. They're just not sure what to do, and they get you know, deer in the headlights type stuff. Um, I don't know how they fight their way out of it, and we just, you know, we'll, we'll get back to it. I, I mean, I was, I didn't watch the game, saw the scoreline, I was pissed off, you know, same as everybody. We're all angry and we're frustrated and everything like that, and we'll get to it. I listened to Adam Simpson on ABC on Saturday morning, and 
put a few things in perspective, and I think we've, we we probably need to just pull back a little bit and just sort of consider the ramifications of the injuries and COVID and stuff like that that that's had on our year. And maybe I know we were getting some slack cut earlier mm. um, when we had a lot out. Um, expectations sort of grew once we started getting some players back and things like that. And and with that, you know, the results have gone progressively worse. So, you know, we sort of seem to be getting players back and getting worse results. But mm. I think there's still, I think there's a snowball effect of everything that's come and, and gone in the last, in the last three months on a list that was already, you know, was showing signs of decline last year. It was ageing and there was some issues that I think they did, they've Generally, tried to adjust some of those in the off season, but then it's just it's just gone completely pear shaped. Some of that might be mismanagement, but some of it's due to factors completely out of out of their control. Um, and until they get the confidence back, and we're not going to find it in the next two weeks. As, as Mick said, we've got we're playing first and second. Um, you know, and one of those and one of those is a gavel where. Yeah. Even when in the last few years when we've been travelling pretty well, we've we've struggled up there. Let alone, you know, when we're we're playing like this, it's uh, <laughs> it's a bleak period for everybody. Should be fun. Um, yeah. Look, we'll we'll get into those interviews in a minute because I think basically where we're at, and we've seen the same game however many times in a row. We saw versions of it last year and warning signs for all of this last year. So the the well-versed Eagles fan is certainly across what the situation was on the weekend. Uh, halftime, Richmond had scored 12 goals, seven, and 12 goals, 12 goals, four of those had come off turnovers. So it is flatly just not working. Um, we'll get into the interviews. We'll get into where to next, I suppose, because that is sort of the, the best thing to talk about. If, if we recap the game, just put on the Sydney episode, put on the Port episode, put on last year's Sydney episode, put on last year's Geelong episode, do whatever you want, you know? Uh, but Migs, anything else that you actually want to specifically wash up from the Richmond game? Greg Clark, I thought, you know, Day Bird played a lot of time on the wing, didn't play inside, which some people weren't on on board with, but certainly played consistently on the wing, wasn't hidden on the flank or anything like that. He's come away with 24 possessions, six tackles, grew into the game as it went along. You know, that's something. Is there anything else you sort of want to yeah, pick out from it? Yeah, definitely. He was the positive um, other than Kennedy. Duggan, I thought, played um, really well. Um, back end midfield. Um, Gov, I thought, was pretty good uh, on his comeback, um, holding up the damn wall uh, most of the time. Yeah, that's. there were a few guys, I thought, that a surprising number of players I thought could hold their heads high after a, an 18 goal loss. Um, you know, normally you struggle to get um, get your five votes, but I probably would have managed, I think. Um, Connor West, another one I thought played pretty well. Mm. Um, but yeah, the positives were, were very difficult to uh, to come across with yeah, just the, the cumulative effect of uh, um, massive loss to Sydney, go over to um, Adelaide, massive loss to Port Adelaide, who are Previously winless, come back here and have a record loss. It's um, it's pretty dire times, and uh, I went on a bit of a Twitter rant about just the the absolute dire state that the club's in at the moment. And I probably don't want to repeat that now, but because um, I won't stop. <laughs> now nah, it's I suppose that's for me the most 
frustrating, disillusioning part. You know, teams have up and downs. The Eagles have been blessed to be up for a long time. When we're down, we're not down for very long, uh, which is nice. You don't want to rest your hat on it in a time like this, but it's nice, something to, something to hold on to. I suppose the thing is we can't control COVID. We can't control injuries. People are going to say it's excuses and all this sort of stuff, but you have to acknowledge it has taken a part. With that said, the things that we can control, we seem to have just gone out of our way to do quite poorly. The jumper deal is something that's been brought up again due <laughs> yeah. to some comments from Nisbet in the week. Uh, you know, we've got the injury report came out today. 13 players are on our injury report and two of them have time frames. Everybody else is a TBC or an inactive. So yeah. that's just not being transparent or... You know, maybe it is. Maybe the injuries are all very bad, and that's it, just shocking. Them, luck. Well, but I mean, one of them was Zach. They said Zach Langdon rolled his ankle in the waffle. Uh, he needs specialist attention, and it's TBC. Um, Nick Nat knew he's been out for what three or four weeks now with TBC with injury. Still TBC. Um, who else was there? Luke Edwards, not even well, listed. Hoff, as TBC, Hoff wasn't but, named yeah. last week in either team. Hoff, wasn't named yeah, on the injury report. But was he on the injury report, or did he just not yeah. get named and disappear off the map for a week? Yeah, Willie Rioli. Uh, they've said it's a cork, or they've said it's a hamstring. Um, subbed him out of the game. Wasn't ruled out of this week, but now he has been ruled out. But he's TBC. Um, yeah, it's just stuff like that. The easy things, I suppose, they're getting wrong. We talked about the website not having the waffle players, even the captain. You know, also yeah. just little things. These are sort of the things that when you're flying, you can kind of accept and just uh, whatever, a bit frustrating, yeah. but is what it is. When you're poor, these are the things that really come under the microscope. And at the yeah. moment, we are, for the first the time in Eagles history, we are really, ask. really poor. We don't run mm. out to our own song, all that good yeah. stuff. The uh, bloody so animated Keith, bird that they made a massive thing about, and it's just the same graphic every week. Again, every week. Of yeah. Yeah. a bird flying into the stadium and flying around the stadium. We've got the actual bird doing that. I'm not sure why we need the massive graphic of it i could and god knows how much the they, CG, they did a, yeah the cg bird goes through the banner of the opposing team and we've been yeah. down 10 goals both of the last times it's been happening yeah. um a, a, a comment time. yeah quarter time keely in the comments here uh everyone's having a dig at simo about the team's performance but really if covid wasn't killing us uh injuries would be i think is the is the statement there does anyone think that there's any heat on the strength and conditioning team or does it just all fall on Simo? Uh, Rioli, for example, three hammies in 10 weeks. Is that luck or is that poor management? Is it scheduling? Uh, you know, number of people with injuries and, and they can't give us a time frame, like I just said. Is that just horrendous luck? Is that bad management? And Keys, I suppose this will bring us on to this Adam Simpson interview. It was an interview on ABC. Uh, it was a very transparent interview. I thought it was a good one and it's... I would say a must-listen for any Eagles fans, no matter where you sit at the moment with rebuild or Baximo in or new coach, scrap them all, whatever it might be. This is the best direct insight we've had from the club, and it speaks to this question as well. You know, people will say it's an excuse, but I'll, I'll let you sort of sum up what you liked or didn't like about the interview case. Simo does go into detail and say, look, we identified last year that things weren't going right for us. Our game plan needed to be changed, basically. The game had moved. We had to adjust the game style that has worked for us for seven or eight years. We needed to change to not only catch up to the competition, but to get in front of it, which is what we did. Uh, and we've bolted with the coaching division. Casey talked about how they had a great January and then the injuries and then COVID set in. So excuse, not an excuse, reality, whatever you might be, that is certainly factoring into their thinking still. Yeah, I think probably 
when I heard the interview, it, it's probably the closest um, you got to real honesty from mm. from a coach as to where we're at. And I think it sort of did away, you know, there was so after the other losses and things like that, Simpson was talking about, you know, we're up for the fight and we want to do this and want to do that. The language sort of changed a little bit and I was like, well, this is where we are. And, you know, it took a sledgehammer maybe to of a 109-point loss to, to get that realisation that, you know, things aren't travelling all that well. But I think it put, when you listen to it, it put a lot of things in context. And we were. I mean, if you go back to, to January, we had, I think, Redden had Schultz shoulder surgery before Christmas. Duggan had surgery on his knee. Yo was sort of still sort of manage, managing his way back from from OP, but it, that was generally looking quite good. Shuey was sort of back. He was sort of over his hamstrings. Um, McGovern's hip fell off, didn't it, at one stage late last season? Yeah, but that was <laughs> – yeah, that sort of was rumoured, but it never – like, he was up and running pretty well. Um, I think there was a couple of – I think sort of – True, True was having some issues, and maybe Luke Edwards. But generally speaking, we were we were pretty healthy, and it was most of the stuff coming out was, you know, guys doing PBs and tribe trials, and yeah, yeah. And then, and then it just all started falling apart. It was Alan. Alan was well. We lost Darling to, you know, um, COVID. You know, not COVID or no jab. And then it was like, oh, I say, okay, we've got Alan. He's gonna, he's having a really good preseason. And then he had a hot spot in his foot. And then there was Shuey pinged his hammy at the first five seconds of an intra club. Then Cole did an ankle, ships to the creeps to the shoulder. We got to the first practice match against Fremantle. Shuey did an ankle. Chester did an ankle. Yo did his calf. Yep. And it was just bang, bang, bang. And we sort of limped into the. We're sort of limping into round one anyway, with you know a dozen or more players on the injured list, um, and then we got COVID, you know, and COVID's ran through, and they're, they're sort of talking 25, 26 players have had it, and we've got, we got another three now, so two thirds of our list have have had COVID. So, and I and I think what what we're sort of failing to I think what failed to acknowledge is these guys are getting COVID. I don't think it's quite evident just how much that takes out of the players. Well, um, just on that case, they said, or Simo said in the interview, that they acknowledged last off-season that it was it was done, they needed to pivot, and that they were behind the times. They tried to bolster the coaching group and all that sort of stuff. But the thing that frustrated me or caught my attention... He said, look, and we've put a real focus in on our fitness. Now, this is where you get into the, I suppose it depends what side of the fence you fall on from an excuse point of view, but COVID is going to eat into your fitness. I know that. Coming off a shortened preseason because of injuries is going to eat into your fitness, of course. The fitness just doesn't look there. Jay, Jay mentioned it in our first comment of the night that it's just not AFL standard. Maybe that's the opposition are getting their tails up and just romping home, but the fitness really doesn't look there at the moment. So... If they're saying they well, put think, in off-season on the fitness, it might just be shit luck with the COVID situation, but that needs addressing again or needs 
some sort of realignment there. For and me. I think, yeah, I, but that's where you sort of pivot around. You, you go, I reckon if you did a, if you didn't count, we would be single figures on players who haven't either been injured or had COVID. 100%. At some stage in the last three months. Well, we've now, had COVID. We've, we're COVID down to means, two guys who've played every game, aren't we? Is it just Turner, yeah. Nash, 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 Nash who joined late. You're not, you're not training. You're at the club. You're in isolation. So aside from whatever energy it takes out of your body, you're missing training for a week or two, um, and then you're trying to recover that. And in that interview, Simpson talked about he said he actually acknowledges that we're not we're not fit, but he says mm. to get you've got to be healthy before you can be you've got to be healthy before you can get fit. And at the moment, we're not healthy, and I think that's it sounds a bit like an excuse, but there's probably some reasons. To that, I mean, I know, I mean, I, this is anecdotal, but I mean, my son had COVID. He came over here last week. He played a game of social netball, and he was fucked. He was absolutely knackered. Now he's not AFL fit, but he also is not. He played a game of he gave, played a game of netball, and he was knackered. He's not running ten k's in an yeah. AFL game. Which so, position do he play? I might. <laughs> I think he plays goal defence, which means he doesn't run that much anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's that's the stuff. And I think what happens is, is you've got guys who are playing that maybe shouldn't be playing because we've got a lack of numbers. And then that gets, in AFL, you don't have to be very far off your game and you get found out. And at the moment, you only need to be 1% or 2% off. Um, but... We're probably ten or fifteen percent off, and that's showing in the in the results. and And the problem is, is once you get once you start getting smashed, as I said, you, you guys lose confidence. Mm. And the other thing happens, and and again, someone touching Richmond got they got their tails up, and then they they're running forward with the ball because they know the ball's going to go their way. They they're cheap, and in on another game when we win the ball, they look bad because they've run ahead and they, you know. But then I suppose the counterpoint would be flat track bullies. Mm. And that's, you know, this we're on the other end of that now. Sides are cheating on us because they know they can run us off our legs, and we've and and, and clubs can probably see it. They say, "Oh, look, these guys are tired," and they're probably talking about it. Pretty they know if they run at us, they can't. We can't go with them. So I suppose on that though, Keys, if you know that you're getting smashed, and Bolton was best on by a mile. Forget how many goals Lynch kicked or anything like that. Bolton was just carving through the midfield, making it look so ridiculously easy. If the team are cheating and running ahead of the ball and doing all those things, it's so easy from the cheap seats. But can you not set up defensively? You know, why Why has stemming the tide been such a big deal? Because no one wants a 10-goal loss, but three consecutive 10-goal losses is really, really bad. Yeah. Three consecutive oh, yeah, losses but... in the realm of 100 is career-ending stuff for some people or the people in the wrong situation. So, you know, you think there'd be something in stemming the tide as well, which is... There's no quick fix for this. I know we've all got to acknowledge there's no quick fix, but I guess that's what the that's what the you know devil's advocate side would be. Well, if you can see they're getting ahead of the ball, how can we not pull a lever and, and punish yeah. them a bit for it? And I, and I think that's something that you know the signs were there for that last year when we you know, we were we're getting crucified with you know sides kicking six, seven, eight mm. multiple goals on us in a row and and a failure to stop it. So I, I think the the problem we have at the moment is. We've gone in trying to overhaul that game plan 
it's been interrupted. We've got no consistency. We're making half a dozen or more changes each week to the lineup. Yeah. You, 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 there is, you know, there's no kind of guys are coming back. So we've just got to try and find a way through it. Um, the leaders need to stand up, no question. But you know, I just don't know where we where we go. And I think I I think in a way Simpson's not quite sure where to go either. I mean, he's I mean some of the people in the media are saying he looks like a deer in the head. You know, he looks like he's tired and and, and things like that. I mean, yeah, of course he's going to be because he's probably trying to work out what the we've been hit by by a train and we're trying to pick up the pieces and uh, try and get some semblance of a contest going and things like that. And everything we're trying is not not working. So, but I just, I do generally, when you listen to him, if you people get, listen to the interview, there's reasons behind it. It's not, there's certainly some faults at the club. And I mm. think, you know, we're starting to get a few hammies and soft tissue injuries, and maybe that's a, that potentially a byproduct of guys sitting on their ass for two weeks and then coming back in trying to ramp up their training and pushing it and going, oh shit, you know, because their their bodies aren't quite ready. Um, so there's a whole there's a whole lot of stuff that everything feeds into each other, and that just like it's a snowball thing, and it's one thing may not have been as big, but because of all the things that's come before it, mm. it's just catching up to us and it's caught up to us in a in a real in a real hurry. Um I I think somewhere along the line people need to realise that you know, there's there might be things that we're not privy to and we might not be privy to just how much the COVID has knocked around. No other club has had the amount of COVID issues that we've had. Um, Fremantle have had a few, but I suppose they're the counterpoint. Is again, is that yeah. luck? Is that bad management? Because Freo, yeah, I, I, again, hats off we, to we don't flopping, know what the but... have been doing to 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 stop it. Um, yeah. To you know, I, I mean, it, there is a bit where one person gets it. You got to train together, and so you don't know. I mean, free again. I mean, Fremantle are a good example. They're in the same state, and they've not had anywhere near the same issues with COVID that that yeah. we had. So. You know, maybe somewhere along the line, we we perhaps need to look at and say, okay, what did Fremantle do that we that we haven't, or maybe mm. we just got got really bad luck. I, I mean, you don't you don't know. Um, yeah, this interview is a really good one, and I would encourage anybody to listen to it. Um, Migs, a few of the little interesting tidbits, I suppose, from it, or just little comments here. Uh, scores from turnovers were were ridiculous. Uh, said Simo, he said in the first half, because they did ask, look, in the first half, it looked like you were trying to be more aggressive, use the corridor, overlap, all this sort of stuff. And he said, look, they were, and he thought there were plays on that were, uh, there were plays on that were there that weren't taken. uh, And it's all about giving the players the confidence to go for those. Uh, He said, we're onto it in terms of making changes, acknowledging where they're at. Uh, We're onto it, but it's not going to be a quick fix. And we now need to worry about fundamentals before we worry about strategy. I guess the biggest takeaway from me, uh, for me from this was there was some chat around COVID injuries, excuses, all this sort of stuff. But there was as honest and open an acknowledgement of where the club are at that we might be in for some lean years, which I think is the understatement of the century. 
you know, it might be, it's going to be a tough season. Next season's probably going to be pretty tough as well. And then from there, who knows? We'll see, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but he acknowledged it. They acknowledged it. There was a sentiment that perhaps the club were in denial and loading up again and again for one last roll of the dice over the last few seasons. Well, it might have been driven up to their door and, and really sort of forced upon them. But Migs, it seems like at least Simo now publicly is acknowledging that's where we're at and even said, look, we caught, we knew where we were at in the off-season and that's why we tried to sort of retool. Well, they did, but then they gave Shannon Hearn another year at 34 and they gave Josh Kennedy another year at 34. Mm. Um, didn't try to trade into the draft at all. Uh, we um, we did all right, I think, out of that draft crop. But Got there's not a lot future of... future pick from Port, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, traded back to get Chesser, um, who he's been... You want to talk about unlucky? That's how we ended up with your future pick from Port. Yeah. yeah. And that is just bad luck. That's, he was all shaped... You know, he's playing good footy by all accounts, and he clearly was is one that would be playing, but... That that's bad luck, but then you well when you have thirty instances of bad luck, what, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, besides walking under ladders and and breaking mirrors, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what was the point we were making there? Um, just that just... that you know a public acknowledgement, I suppose, is the first step. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's just admission is the first having... part of it all, I guess. Yeah, I suppose um, admission is usually the the final step, isn't it, of grief? Um, Admitting it's good, but admitting, it's, yeah, you got to you got to admit you got a problem. Turnaround. We don't have nah. um, we don't have a lot to build on at the moment. Um, certainly not any known quantities. Um, and you just look at the team that was well, basically, the, apart from Hoff, the team that's been out there all year has been um, pretty much twenty-two and above. There's not a lot of um, of youth that we're blooding at the moment to build on, and even. Uh, Clark and Stenatica, who've been uh, Clark in particular in his one game has been good, and Stenatica's looked alright. But they're twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. That's the uh, thing. People are saying, you know, play the kids. Well, Xavier yeah. O'Neill's twenty three, twenty four. You know, well, SPS yeah. is the same. Clark's the same. Yeah. West's round about the same. The kids we've got. Hoff didn't play Waffle. Um, he'll probably have to come in this week uh, because there's bugger all left. Um, mm. Luke Edwards didn't play Waffle. He's one of the one of the um, two dozen TBCs that uh, won't be available. Winder's not setting the, the world on fire. Um, what else is there? Uh, Bazo's uh, played a couple of waffle games off his very late start. Um, Williams. Jack Williams is looked pretty good, yeah, but he's um, he's pretty raw. So there's and midfield wise, <laughs> there's uh, Zane True got on the park for the first time, and the club made a real big thing of that, but. Um, no, he's, he's a rookie pick. We don't have we don't have the building blocks really. We're going to have to go out this draft period and get the building blocks and then start putting the time into them. So, you know, how far away is this? You know, how long is this rebuild going to be? And yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the list is in a bad spot to embark yeah. on this. It's yeah. part of the snowball of of yeah. you know we had a list that was an aging list, and that's partly because you know we over the last decade we've had well. We've had access to one top ten pick prior in the in the last ten years, um, and even then we traded that one back to get Sheed at eleven. Um, so that's that's part of it. But then you know the picks we have had, we probably our strike rate hasn't been great. Mm. You know we've got a lot of 
Randa. You know, you, you go through the drafts and you think, really well, you know, who we might have got and things like that. But the reality is, is there hasn't been, in, in the last five, six years, there hasn't been a hell of a lot. We've had some bad luck. I mean, Venables got mm. locked out, you know, um, branded, branded things. Um, who knows what happened. One day we'll find out what happened there. You know, but then... But again, know, had, luck, management, bad pick, that's you know, another one. guys that, yeah. like Partington and Ainsworth that we, we had and they're no longer at the club. Um, O'Neill, Foley, to a lesser extent, those guys, they're sort of... They've hung around. They've shown flashes but haven't been... You know, even someone like Petrocello, he's played yeah. close to 50 games, but it hasn't ever really... He's still a project player, and he's been at the club for four or five years. Rotham's been what at the club since 2016. Yeah, you Rotham's know, 24. Guys, what's Patch? 23. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's part of you know if you want to criticise him. I, I mean, over the last two or three years, he's he's he hasn't sort of filtered some of these young guys through and exposed them as as often as perhaps he might have. So now we we're only finding out now what some of these guys have got or haven't got um, because we haven't seen too much of them because we've been mm. sticking with the senior guys probably a little bit more than what we should have um, and then you know there's things like 2020 there was no there was no waffle competition so the guys on the fringes they, they got no footy um, yeah. to develop and even last year the guys were on the were playing waffle but they were playing some of those guys were the, playing with two or three other blokes playing with amateurs and getting pounded mm. in a waffle. So, you know, the development was stymied as well. So, you know, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of things that some of them have got reasons behind them and others have, you know, there's some mistakes that the club's made. You know, we, we brought Kelly in to, you know, have a crack at a flag, which was, which was okay. It was fair enough. We, we rolled the dice in, you know, 2019, we weren't far off it. You know, no, we, we lost, were a real, real we lost the game to yeah. Richmond by yeah. a goal at the MCG in round 23 or 22 or whatever it was. That, that final round lost that to game. Hawthorne. But, um, but not yeah, we, we might have been top four. And then, you know, we got the Willie Rioli news on the eve of the final against Geelong and that kind of, you know, blow towards the end of our season. But so bringing Kelly in, in one sense, we were close. And bringing in a guy who was a good midfielder, yeah, you know, there was some justification for that. The other side yeah. of that, though, is we gave away four pretty, you know, some four mm. fairly reasonable draft picks. They weren't top ten draft picks, uh, as it turned out, but they were solid. They were solid picks, and that's that's four players that we that if we're talking now, that's four players that would be They're you know, the kids. 21, 22 yeah. now. That's um, your play, the kids, kids right there. That, that we could yeah. we could do now. We to be fair, they'd that, all be injured at that the moment. Hasn't, that hasn't come off, but now we're in terms of a list rebuild, we're paying that we're paying for that decision. Mm. Um, and you know, Kelly's been okay, but he probably hasn't been hasn't quite you know, there's again there's factors behind that, but he hasn't quite reached the the level of a guy that was worth you know, two first round picks and a couple of second yeah. rounders. So you know, there's a whole there's a whole heap of stuff that you know some of it's explainable, some of it's you know mistakes that the club's made, and 
you know, we we now we've got to try and dig ourselves out of it, and it's not it's not going to be easy because it's um, there's not a lot of young guys really the the like probably Alan's our brightest light and he's in mothballs. Um, there's not much. There's not, <laughs> the next brightest light's the guy who hasn't played a game. That's Chester. Mm-hmm. So the good thing is is we've only got 12 players contracted beyond the end of next year. So we've got 32 players that come out of contract either this year or next. We've got 15 more games this year to see what those 32, what a lot of those 32 guys have got to start making some pretty good decisions on our list and, and who's, who's up for the fight and who's not. And there's, and there's, and there's a few senior guys, you know, Hearn and, Hearn and Kennedy in their last year, I don't think anyone, the club probably won't admit it just yet, but that's you know probably fairly clear that they're in their last year. Um, Shuey may well be, depending on how his hamstrings hold out for the rest of the year. Redden's coming close to the end. Um, Nat Nui. Nat Nui's, you know, it depends on how his knee comes up. I, the, the training reports that he's is looking at returning to running next week, so that's that's a small positive, but he's probably. He's probably got one, maybe two years best to, to, yeah. to go. Two um, years, at most. Yeah. So, you know, we, we get a chance. And I think probably, you know, if you're wanting a silver lining, I reckon the way COVID's hit us, I don't think – I think we're better than a 1-6 team with a 55% percentage. Um so we're going to probably end up. We, at this stage, it's hard to see us finishing either outside the bottom two. You know, mm. we're going to be we're going to be fighting with North Melbourne for the last spot. I don't. I, it, it's so we're going to get top two draft pick into this year, and then that means that we're going to get another pick around 21, 22, really? something like that. So. Um, and we've got Port's second rounder, so that's another one that might be mid to high 20s. Uh, so we've got something to to build on in that, and we can move some, you know, we we get to churn our list, get a couple of decent picks, um, and over the next two years we can start to clean up our salary cap because some of those guys on big contracts start coming off them. Um, so in two or three years' time, we can maybe look at, you know, who's in free agency or, or start throwing some some contracts around to it. This year is not the year to do it, but in two or three years' time, if we've got, you know, a couple of decent drafts behind us. And last year's draft, you know, we brought in Chesser, Hoff and Bazo and Jack Williams. It wasn't a bad draft, and we, we might have found something in Nash um, with a bit of luck and, and Clark showing some signs. So... Hugh Dixon to... actually looked all right as well. Sorry, Hugh Dixon as well has looked all right. Yeah, so okay. yeah, you're starting to get you're getting some little sort of blocks in there. Um, so things can things can turn, but at the moment we're well, I hope we're at rock bottom, but we might there might be a, um there's a, there so. might be another couple of holes might be another couple of holes yet in the, over the next couple of weeks before we start start at least. Bloody went out and, and start not getting worse. Um, 
Migs, I'll throw to you in a, in a sec, get your final thoughts before we wrap things up here. I suppose just jumping off the back of what Key said there, in a perverse sort of way, and it doesn't feel good now and it's not going to feel good for the rest of the year, but this is better this year than being sort of okay but pretty bad and still showing the bad signs from last year but finishing 10th or 11th. This is better. It sucks. It's not better today or tomorrow or week to week, but it's better when you hit the draft. So, you know, bench them all and play the kids. Well, next year, Migs, we come into round one and the kids, whether they're ready or not, you might bring them along slowly and all this, but the kids are Chessa, Hoff, maybe, you know, and then pick Pick one, one. pick two, pick (laughs) one or two, you know, pick 19 or 20. Pick. Well, as long as, yeah, as long as we don't start trading those picks out to get. to bring in you know, Luke Jackson, who's you know, a great old, Tim English. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, people talk great about talents, Luke's, but it's not what, the time to do that. Don't get me started on yeah. Tim English. Why, no, no. Why, is Luke, not a great why is Luke Jackson going to come to us? Yeah, because he's from he's, here. He's, playing, he's a pivotal player in the best team in the competition. But he's from here. Yeah. But that's it. It's an easy <laughs> headline. Can learn, off, can learn off Nick Nat for a year or two. Can learn off Luke Stranatica. But yeah, Migs, you know, we, we come in Hoff Chesser, yeah. pick two, pick 20. Pick 26. And yeah, it's going to be a lean year next year as well. It's definitely going to be a lean year this year. Next fortnight's not going to be fun. But in a way, this has accelerated things that we might have otherwise fought against the tide for a little too long. And that's how you end up like North Melbourne, because they did that. You know, Frio did that for too long with Ross Lyon. And look how quickly they've come back since they actually embraced where they were at, loaded up on it. I'm not saying we need to follow the Fremantle model in anything, but it's worked for them for now. So. Anyway, uh, Migs, parting thoughts on... Like taking them. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Migs, wrap us up, take us home, and then uh, then I reckon we might be done for the day. Yeah, hopefully. You, you just don't want to sort of bottom out too hard. You don't well, go too far the other way, I suppose, uh, to coin a phrase. But you don't want yeah. to do like a, a Carlton or a Melbourne and just spend years down the bottom accumulating draft picks and um, losing badly every week and you know, having no senior players around the junior players to teach them so you don't have any systems coming through and they don't develop and then you, you end up at the bottom so you bring in more kids and they don't have anyone to learn on and, and so on and so on. So there's got to be a bit of balance to it. Um, yeah, one absolutely terrible year um, this year might not be such a bad thing in the overall scheme of things, but um, just with our list profile, um, it, it's... Yeah, it's difficult to see uh, anything other than than a, a sort of a, a more medium term um, yeah. period of pain. And uh, as Eagles fans, I think we're not used to that, and uh, we don't cope with it well. So it's going to be um, fun time. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd hate to be another truth. Yeah, ain't that the truth? There you go. All right, guys. Well, we'll leave it there for the week. We'll come back later on in the week and preview the Brisbane game at the Gabba. That's sure to be an absolute ripper. We might do some buy, sell, hold later in the week. We might do some heroes and villains as well. We'll wait and see what happens there. Uh, Thank you to everybody jumping in the comments as well for uh, sharing the show and all that good stuff. One last reminder, if you do jump on Facebook as well, the Ashley Stampy statement and link to all of his charity work is on there. So please go and have a look at that. Uh, Migs, Keys, thank you very much for coming on and, and sharing the misery, sharing the love. Uh, beyond yeah, that, no I worries. think we will talk to you Sorry, later on in the week. Yeah, we can't solve um, Joe and Sam's little debate there about McGovern versus Barras. I think they would be one and two in the um, oh yeah in the club champion award right now. In the best and fairest, they are one and yeah. two. Whoever plays the most games might end up winning it. So Joe and uh, Sam in the comments there, keep yeah. 
Keep chatting away for the season because we'll wait and see. Come uh, Nash is a runaway leader in the BNF at the moment. Nash, well, I reckon governor. It's, it's either him or her, and they've only played. They're the only two players who played yeah. all games. Yeah, you get so, one vote per game, and you still win the thing. Must be nice. Uh, all right, guys, we'll leave it there. We'll talk to you later on. Participation trophy this year, guys. Yeah, you get through the round twenty-two without missing the game, you win. What's wrong with this generation? Bloody kids. Want a trophy for everything these days. Talk to you later on the week, guys. We will uh, chat about Brisbane. Well, that'll be fun, won't it? Anyway, bye for now. Bye. Bye.